Recorded live. Scuba Obsessed is the weekly podcast. We talk about all things scuba diving from cool new gear, places a dive, and scuba in the news. Welcome to episode 47 of Scuba Obsessed. This week in the news, we talk about Dive Hard International, a 100 meter with no aids, diver photo, scuba to the rescue, aquarium divers, and we have a couple entries and some potential new gear. But more important than that, I'd like to welcome my co-host, Jim. How are you doing today, Jim? Hey, I'm doing really well. I, uh, I've i been jonesing to talk some scuba all week. That's great. I love it when uh, you want to talk scuba. Uh, I was hoping to get some people on the show this week, but uh, we had some craziness at work. So uh, <laughs> I, I feel like I'm lucky to be alive and standing and employed, by the way. So that's always yes. a great thing. So uh, I'm hanging in there, going to be doing some traveling, a lot of business integration and all that computer geeky stuff that pays for those air fills. So uh, onward and upward. And then we have a full chat room tonight. So, again, if you've missed out in, the, in joining us in the chat room, uh, too bad. You're going to have to come next time. Uh, let's head over to www.scubaobsessed.com, and you can click over to talk to you, and it will get you right in there. The show number is 73759. And this week in the news, the first one is Dive Heart International. Uh, they've been they've been on our show before. A great organization, and they've gone they've actually gone international this time. I don't know if they're an international company or or nonprofit, but uh, for those not familiar with Dive Heart, uh, they take uh, disabled veterans and, and other disabled divers, and they get them in the water and give them something to do. So uh, the Dive Heart of Downers Grove is setting up a program in Israel. Isn't that good news? Yeah, and I, I'm not sure if that's a first one. I mean, we're, I think we might have to have Jim Elliott on again and have him say if there, if that is. But uh, he's heading over there December 27th to teach scuba instructors and other Rotarian divers how to help individuals with autism learn to scuba dive. Uh, the, the earlier this year, Benjamin uh, Danio, a Rotarian driver from, oh, goodness, another name, Hafey. Haifa. Here we go. Uh, met with Elliot International Rotary Convention in Montreal. Domino told Elliot that his club had uh, committed to help local children with autism. They like to get a dive heart program here, started to serve the children. And with anything like that, that's all it took. Uh, it's a wonderful example of how dive heart is reaching out to community leaders and service organizations. Uh, in doing so, we're better to uh, help adaptive scuba dive therapy programs around the country and the world. Potential of endeavors such as this are exciting. So, uh, you know, click on over to uh, Dive Heart Organization, www.diveheart.org, uh, and take a look at the programs and, and help. Uh, we've got a few uh, Dive Heart groups uh, in the area here in the west part of Michigan, and uh, if you look hard enough, you'll find one nearby you. Almost sound like a commercial, didn't it? It did. You did very well. <laughs> The next Polish one. Up your work on pronunciation a little bit. I think, uh, well, I, maybe I should take uh, the rocks out of my cheeks. That might help. Uh, hundred. The next one's hundred meters with no aids. Diver plunges a hundred meters unassisted on one breath to set a world record. And and this is like I think this has to be like the equivalent of the uh, four minute mile. You know, that's just absolutely thought to be impossible, and then yet somebody goes and does it. You, you know, that's a long way down. Well, 100 meters for us in the U.S. is 328 feet. That's on a single breath, no fins, uh, no weight sled, no airbag. That is just the power of the human body going down. And, and, and he's wearing a wetsuit, so you know that makes him even more buoyant. Of course, this 
individual probably has point oh 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 one percent body fat. Right, and and I think probably once you hit uh, you know. Uh, 300 feet, let's say. <laughs> the wetsuit doesn't do much. It's, it's not quite <laughs> Gosh, as buoyant. 328 feet. 328 feet. In scuba gear, recreational, we'll dive into 125, and he did 328 feet without nothing. And then the one comment that uh, I picked out is just, you know, because we're, we're used to it from scuba diving, so... Uh, you know, we do training, we do contingency plans, you know, you're going to go down. Yeah, you can go down, but you're going to be breathing all the way down and then you're going to go and deco on the way up. So, you know, if we went down, I mean, it would probably be two or three hours of deco. Yeah. But did you, you catch in the article minutes. what happens to his lungs? No. The lungs fill with blood at that depth. Doesn't sound like a good plan. No, that that sounds that sounds uh, a little tough. Um, he says it's different when you use sleds and airbags because when you turn at a hundred meters and start swimming back to the surface with just your hands and feet, it can be a little daunting because how much water you have over your head. Oh my gosh, yes. So, man, oh, let's see if I can find that that quote about amazing. the yeah at a hundred meters, lungs fill with blood as a natural means of preventing their collapse. So, well, he, you know, that makes sense because at some point, you know, that air will only compress so far, right? And, and some of the guys in the chat room have got more medical knowledge or, or knowledge about what happens there. But holy smokes. You know, I'm, the I'm pressure thinking. pressure pushed down on your body. I'm thinking if I'm doing a sport where your body is going to put blood into your lungs. That might be, I mean, that's a self-preservation mechanism. <laughs> that, that's, that's saying you've gone a little far. Uh, Truebridge held his breath for four minutes and 10 seconds. Try that. Well, well, yeah, just sit in the couch, hold your breath for that long and see how it is. And then think you have to propel yourself down and up. <laughs> So, uh, I mean, this is, you you have that show on TV where they they call it, uh, was it Superhuman? That, uh, Mm -hmm. yeah, this is definitely Superhuman. Okay, the next one is uh, Diver Photo. Uh, This is just a a unique uh, photo. I'd love to take a look at some of these photos. Maybe we need a special section just on this. But, uh, and for those of you who uh, don't have the link, uh, sorry, you're going to have to... uh, you know, go to the website and, and take a look at it. But this has, uh, oh gosh, what what is that? A whale? Uh, uh, Peter Allison, MD, avid scuba diver from Marion, Mar- Marion, Maryland. See, I can't even pronounce the simple words. It was pre- presented by Frommers uh, as an and he had an image of a diver and a sperm whale that was captured while he was holidaying in uh, the Dominica in the Caribbean. So, just an amazing photo. You know, and, and forget the photo. Just being there to see a creature that big, uh, you know, coming up to you, it, it has to be amazing. Certainly, uh, put in perspective how small and fragile we are compared to some of the other creatures. Uh, yeah, they said feeling like a gnat. You <laughs> would be tiny. Uh, does great for your self-esteem, though. You know, you just feel like you've been all dieting and stuff. But we located the whales. <laughs> And we're able to swim, photograph, and play with them on multiple days. This is known a photo of my friend Jeff thanking one of the whales known as Scar for posing with us. 
interacting and making eye contact with these huge general intelligent creatures was the most memorable moment of my life. So just absolutely amazing. We've we've got to do that. We say that every week. We've got we've got to do that. But we're not running out of stuff to do while diving yet. A hero scuba diver tells a fishing boat rescue. A scuba diver instructor who rescued a fisherman from a capsized boat in Port Phillips Bay entrance yesterday shrugged off his status as hero, saying he was just doing his job. Uh, one man was killed and 11 others saved when their fishing charter boat was hit by a large wave and turned over off Point Nepean yesterday afternoon. Nepean? Well, I think people, uh, you're editing these articles and putting these names in. I know. Most of them I haven't. <laughs> Two people <laughs> were initially missing after the 10-meter boat owned by Queenscliff Fishing Charter Company, Gamarek, hits a rock entering the bay. Oh, how bad is that? With no emergency service on the water, Byron Marshall from Queenscliff Dive Center swam to the boat from another vessel to search for two missing men. Uh, the 30-year-old, 31-year-old found the body of one man submerged and tangled in fishing wire. Police this morning named the victim as 52-year-old Lee Davies of Wallington near Geelong. Mr. Marshall yelled to see if anyone was trapped underneath the boat, heard yelling, and tapped on the hull for response. The fisherman was disoriented and trapped in an air pocket. I realized he was just where the voice is coming from. Knowing boats a little bit, I've seen that that boat before, so I uh, told him I need to swim out of the hat. Oh, he needed to swim out of the hatch and swim directly to his right. The fisherman, aged in his 50, was battered by severe waves after his first few attempt and had to retreat to the air pocket before he finally surfaced beside the vessel. I've got to take my hat off to him. He's obviously a very brave man to trust someone he has never met before, uh, Mr. Marshall said. Uh, so, you know, congrats, and uh, you know, that was a, glad it turned out okay for at least for some. Yeah, unfortunately, it was still a tragic event that, uh, well... It, it could have been more tragic. Yes. And then uh, this next one is uh, we've talked about uh, diving in aquariums. And Rich, that's one of the things that he's done a few times. And uh, we have an aquarium that is seeking volunteer divers. So if you're in the North Carolina area, the North Carolina Aquarium at Pine Knoll Shores is recruiting members for its volunteer dive team. The program offers certified scuba divers a unique opportunity to dive inside the 306,000-gallon aquarium uh, living shipwreck exhibit and converse with visitors about the many animals guiding around the replica of the U-352, a famous World War II shipwreck. Volunteer divers also assist other programs underwater, help care for animals, and maintain exhibits. A deadline for the application is uh, January 31st, 2011, so you need to get the applications if you're interested. But uh, that, that seems to be a little bigger than the fish tank we have at home. Yeah, it is. Uh, by not a lot, but a little bit. A little bit, just a, just a tad. Now, how long do you think that would take to fill with your garden hose? Mm. <laughs> you know, I'd I'd hate to have the water bill. I'm on city <laughs> water. We're gonna run a hose from your house. Yeah, and then you'd have to fight with them because they're always gonna want to charge you for the sewer for it. And you're like, no, no, the water's still in the tank. <laughs> That's right. You're not and charging it's clear. me. It's still yeah, clear. You're not charging me sewer rates for that. Uh, potentially new uh, scuba uh, cool gear. We have a couple articles this week on cool gear. Uh, one was a near-death uh, dying disaster leads to an invention. And I think we've talked about this one before. That's a flashlight with the uh, noisemaker built into it. Uh, the website of the inventor is uh, Moray Dive Gear. 
M-O-R-A-Y, divegear.com. And then in the show notes, you'll also see a little article uh, called Article Slash Press Release uh, from the Montreal Gazette talking about uh, uh, what he did. And what I thought was interesting is a lot of times when you hear these stories, you think, uh, you know, he wasn't diving with his dive buddy and he got in trouble or somebody else was. But this is a case of where he was diving with his dive buddy. It was uh, in 2003. He had a friend he was diving with. They were all going together in a group. And I think he might even be an instructor. Uh, actually, I don't see that he's an instructor. I just must have hallucinated that. But uh, uh, what he does, he invented a combination waterproof flashlight and a high-tech rattle that gives attention to fellow divers 30 meters away. Um, what had happened is that they were going down on the dive, and um, he was stuck at 90 feet. Uh, with a guy who started having problems. Uh, he couldn't breathe. He was hyperventilating. Uh, so he, he's on their air, and they you know, had to do a controlled ascent. But they were away from the other group and away from the dive boat. And everybody else had to get on the dive boat before they realized that something had happened. That's pretty neat. <clears throat> so uh, good, in, uh, good reason to go ahead and invent something like this. I, I'd like to see how it actually works. Uh, yeah, I guess it would be great to get your attention. I just can never figure out where sound is coming from underwater. You know, it's just the sound moves so quickly that it's just away. But I guess if you uh, you know, don't cry wolf and you only use the sound maker uh, when it's important that uh, people realize to, to look around and see what's going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, I think that's the thing is uh, when you hear a noise. Uh, but what are some other ways you could try and communicate underwater? How about just banging on our tank? Mm-hmm. Take the butt of your dive knife or, or something and bang on your tank or yep uh, you know and at that point it just it brings up uh, hey I better be aware where's that noise coming from and looking around until you find it so I've I've heard of divers who uh, have dove with parties at uh, tropical destinations that have used some of the uh, bangers or the rattlers under yeah the kind of kind of the little uh, uh, stretch cords with the balls on them that you. Uh stretch sure. and, and smack yep. yep, or something else akin to gravel in a tin can or something like that and um they said that the dive masters used them so often it was uh, it meant nothing anymore so can you imagine if you get uh, you're on a, one of those cattle boats where they've got uh, six or eight divers or more uh, all down there and everybody's equipped with one and wants to show their dive buddy something Oh yeah, it's gonna sound like uh, you know, like uh, was it shrimp or the coral, the fish grinding on coral, all the snapping and popping. Right, exactly. Um, so I don't know, could be kind of tough. So, and then the next one, you know, I didn't, I didn't realize that Alvin was so old. Uh, Alvin is old. Alvin is old. Crazy yeah, Christmas that special. no, I, th- I think it was a different Alvin we're talking about. This is Alvin the underwater search vessel and they don't call it an rov it was a uh hrov is that what they're calling it yeah um hov 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 so uh and and this is a case of i found the article yesterday and then i haven't been able to find the exact same article so i've in the show notes i've got about four articles listed and none of them was as good as the one i originally found so uh, it teaches me for not uh, bookmarking it or, or, or something a little bit better. That's an impressive machine, though, isn't it? It is. And, um, you know, the originally, what what is it? The, well, I'm – oh, you uh, – come on here. Get to my show notes. Um, 
but you know that, that uh, some some of the shots I saw, and they, somebody's got to be producing a, you know, making of the updated Alvin, because they had a titanium uh, half ball that they had ma- made, and so they cast this thing out of titanium, and then they were going to go through and mill it. But uh, it was, the Alvin was originally launched in 1964 as a submersible owned by the U.S. Navy and operated by Woods Hole Oceanographic Institute in Massachusetts. Uh, Tuesday, Alvin has plucked from the sea for the last time in its current form, and it's ready to undergo a $40 million rebirth of submersible with dramatically improved capabilities, as reported by Nature.com. Although Alvin has had countless improvements and overhauls, no original parts remain. It is maintained largely in the same form since it was given the new titanium hull in 1974. With more than 4,000 dives under its belt, submersibles become iconic with oceanography. So uh, it says, during its life, it's been attacked by swordfish, enabled discovery of deep-sea hydrothermal vents, took uh, visitors to the wreckage of the Titanic. Wouldn't that be fun? Ooh. It was a shipwreck for a while. Between 1968 and 69, it sat on the seafloor for 10 months after an ac- a launch accident. After recovery, researchers were surprised to find sandwiches inside that were still in fair shape. Well, we see that out here in, in Lake Michigan. I bet if uh, we put a, a sandwich in a bag, we need we need to do that. Maybe that will be the uh, lunch for divers program we could put in. You know, bring bring a. Of course, after seeing when we went in the chamber, what something looks like when it compresses down, uh, I'm picturing it's going to be a little bit squishy. Aye, aye, aye. So, um, but it, it it will hold three people. It's about 15 centimeters uh, larger, is what they're saying. Uh, so, you know, going to be quite a spacious addition. It would be kind of hard to get used to that, I would imagine. Um, I don't know. Just absolutely amazing. I, I, I would love to go down, but I don't think they'd let me in. I think I would take up the spot of at least two of the divers <laughs> or pilots or move researchers. Over. Yeah, move over. I am moved over. <laughs> so, but very cool. Uh, glad to, you know, it's, it's one of those things I've just been amazed at at everything that they can do with that vessel. So, uh, And it's interesting how there's only one Alvin. You know, it seems like over time that there would have been more, but I guess, uh, you know, for a vessel that goes that deep that holds that many people, there's not a big call. It's probably been easier all these years to keep the same one going as opposed to making a new one. Right, just keep refitting it. I yeah. mean, look at look at the military, how long some of those jets have been in uh, uh, service. They get refitted and refitted and refitted. I am uh, I, I'm I'm searching for a link um, that kind of ties into this as we talk about um, submersibles and things like that. Um, this past week, the uh, drug war that's going on off of Guatemala and, and Mexico, uh, one of the new laws that's out. I'm going somewhere with this. One of the new laws that's out is if anybody's caught on one of these home-built submersibles, um, it's automatically a crime um, because anybody who would want to build one of those obviously has smuggling as an intent. So I think about some of the people who have dreams of building submersibles. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. could that be horrible? Well, yeah, but uh, I don't think there's a big, uh, you know, Bering Springs to uh, Chicago smuggling ring going on in submersibles up here. But, uh, yeah, they have that's quite a problem down there in Central America. 
uh, building those uh, submersibles or submarines, you know, not quite a fully functioning submarine, but something where they can load up with drugs and try and sneak in uh, through the borders. Right. right. So. But I, I'm saying that with uh, when they cast their nets so broad with uh, loose legislation like that, the unintended consequences can be pretty uh, uh, far reaching, I guess. It certainly can be, and and that's what's always bad about. It. I mean, half the laws, really. You know, if it was, if the world was just you and me, we wouldn't need any laws because you know we we never do anything wrong, and everything's always that's perfect. True. I'll back you up on that. Yep. So, you know, uh, but you know, if everybody could just be reasonable. So, but Max says that Alvin was in Lake Michigan many years ago looking for a B fifty two. That's it, pretty neat. Uh, it seems like I remember that. That would be. Um, in fact, there was. Um, you can you can search out on that. There's been a few times where they've they've called for Alvin. It seems like uh, you know it's one of those things where it's kind of like the Hubble Space Telescope, where there's a limited number of days, and you know everybody's trying to do everything they can, or even uh, some of the mountaintop uh, uh, telescopes where they're trying to get time on. And if you sign up for a day where you know it's cloudy. And uh, you can't get out. It's like, oops, well, you know, get back in the list four years from now. We'll get, we'll, we'll fit you in again. And I think that's kind of what's happened with Alvin. I, I remember, I, it seems like I remember a couple things. I've tried to get Alvin in the Great Lakes for something and uh, weather or other things going on that prevented it from happening. So, but uh, from Alvin on to a little bit of our own underwater discovery, uh, I understand that you got a dive in this week. Uh, I did this past weekend. I, I dove with a couple of... Uh couple of good dive buddies and uh well, wait a minute you were there well you said good dive buddies i thought you were talking about somebody else <laughs> <laughs> so we went and dropped into the saint joe river for a little bit and uh, the water was uh moderately temperate and uh, now when you say temperate uh what's that mean oh mid to low 30s yeah so give or take 36 degrees so that was that's temperate uh uh, you know, what, what's nice, it seems about this time last year is when we started running into the free flow problems. Um, yeah, it did. Uh, I had more problems uh, last year. Uh, I switched over to a, a more robust regulator system, and I, I don't anticipate having any problems this year. Um, but uh, it certainly is something to keep in mind. Uh, you know, not breathing off your regulator while you're above surface. Um you know, trying not to put too much of a load on your regulator by purging and or inhaling and, and filling your inflator at the same time. Uh, those kind of things uh, are what some of the more experienced uh, people have, have shared that can help prevent these things. Uh, yeah, and if you want to see the photos the, from the stuff that was pulled up, you head over to mudclub.scubaobsessed.com and check out the Dive Club website. Now, uh, did you find anything interesting? Found a couple of uh, neat things, uh, a little bit less trash and, and more treasure this time around. I found a couple of bottles that were in, in good shape, uh, an old sewing machine body that was really kind of unique, and um, but it was so rusted and corroded that uh, I didn't even bother to try and salvage it. But it, it really is uh, a picture of time gone by as far as, you know, the stories that that stuff can tell if you only – could get it to talk. <laughs> well, it's like that sewing machine. Was that attached to? Because you know, I've seen those. It's the standard Singer, you know, probably foot pedal treadle sewing machine. That's what but, it looked like, yeah. But it's it's like did somebody throw the whole 
cabinet and sewing machine in or did somebody have it? Or is it just that there were so many of these and somebody said, you know, I, I don't seem to have an anchor today, so I'm tying this on. <laughs> I, I think what really happened here was some disgruntled housewife had had it. Um, she Her husband was going off and doing his hobby, and um, she got tired of the housework, and she went out and chucked it in the river. There you go. That that's sounds what like, I'm sticking to. That's a good story. Uh, what but, about you? How did how'd your dive go? It, it was nice. Uh, I hit it upstream this time. This is a place we've dove... Uh, uh, about three or four times this year, so it's getting to be a. I don't say it's picked over because every time you go, you can go in the same spot and find something new each time. But I decided I was going to head a little bit more upstream. I was betting that maybe there was something up there, but uh, it was a lot of rubble, a lot of concrete being pushed in from the banks. So even if there was some good stuff, it's uh, long since uh, been crushed. Yeah, you know, I wasn't about to move. Uh, you know, 1,500 pound blocks of concrete to go and look for a smashed bottle underneath. So I uh, went up against the, the current. It was, a, it was a good moving current. Visibility was good, I would say, five to six feet. Right. Uh, did, did, you know, I found a, a couple bottles. Uh, I think one I gave back to the river. It, it must have fallen out of the bag because it wasn't, wasn't on the surface when I got back. And then uh, I can always tell when I've got something good by the drooling of the other divers. So uh, Mac and uh, Rich. Uh, Curtis were uh, drooling well, over that. Was it a pottery crock? Yeah, when Mac offers to throw something away for you, you <laughs> always check. Just double check and make sure yeah, you here, get here, everything let me, you need. Let me help you with that. I'll help you pick this trash up. <laughs> yeah. Well, we had uh, the funny thing you talk about that is we had, uh, you know, because we always, you know, a lot, the, the, the photos of the thing, because a lot of this is junk, but it's just something we're doing an ecology type dive. You pick it up, you throw it away in a trash can. And uh, a couple weeks ago, we threw stuff away in the trash can, and as somebody was leaving, they're like, "You know what? I think our daughter would like that." So they went back, and uh, we should have had uh, we should have had pictures. I would like to see somebody with their uh, butt hanging out of the trash can as they're they're picking through the bottles that we had just thrown away. Um, so, and they're still there. If you wanna you wanna go and pick through our our leftovers, the bottles are in the right. trash can there by the river. All by the, the valuable stuff's probably been thrown away. We keep the shiny baubles. <laughs> yeah. You know the the beam. oh yeah 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 Mac, Mac picked the the prop we had that prop motor that that blade that you know it's one of those right. things I I I knew I should probably keep and I'm like you know I just but I, it's only worth something if it fits something that you own or you know and you know what I mean well I'm like two steps away from being on hoarders so I don't need to be adding to it so I just <laughs> I just it's it's like I. You know, uh, uh, like like in the bottles, you know, I'm taking bottles that, you know, Mac and everybody else are saying are no good. But I'm determined I'm going to like I want like a case of beer bottles. You know, maybe that'd be right. something one day is actually go to some place and have them fill it. How how cool would that be? That would be very <laughs> neat. That would be neat. So uh, but, you know, I, I, yeah, I collect them. And then when I get to the point where I have enough that I can pick through and there's no historic value, then uh, the stuff just going to get tossed. So, but but a nice day. 36. I was warm. I was wearing the double hood. I had my three mil with a seven mil on. Thanks to Mac again for uh, loaning me that hood. Uh, but the only thing that was getting cold was my thumb and my finger and my boots. But uh, I'd say we had what about 30 minutes down. Yeah, I had 30, just a hair over 31. And I'll agree with you. I was totally comfortable. I oh bull. I was my. I couldn't feel my toes and my left hand. Uh, my fingers were. 
numb. I was at the limit of what I wanted to do. Yeah, well, that, that's part of knowing when to call it. Uh, whenever it seems like whenever you hold something in your hand, that's that's where it gets cold. You got to you know, if you do that death grip on something, then it seems to get cold there, and that's part of probably why I was getting cold in the fingers. But you know, the, the, who was the first one out of the water? It's a dry suit guy. Uh, yeah, <laughs> how's that go? Wearing the wetsuit, the dry suit guy's getting out. And actually, uh, Mac uh, put the rest of us to shame. Uh, I think he was the last one in, or the the first one in, last one out. So uh, he got the time. But uh, I think, uh, if I understand correctly, he came across a, a little cash a bottle. So that, that we, we've learned through experience that if you hit something good, you seem to warm up suddenly somehow. So mm-hmm. it'd be it'd be yes. interesting if they could put like sensor probes on us and correspond. Because I I mean I actually think there's a chemical reaction to bottles that uh, makes you warmer when you when you find them so that's it for the diving and we only had the one dive in but it was nice uh, a couple weeks in a row been able to get some diving in uh i'm uh, you know I, I know there's some talk going on for this next week i know mac wants to go and uh get in the water uh this weekend uh are, are you thinking about it jim Thinking about it, no, I'm going. <laughs> You're going. I hope to see you there. But uh-huh. if not, yeah, I know. I my daughter's got a swim team on Saturday, and then I got Boy Scout Saturday night, so I'm pretty well Have booked. Swim in the river. Yeah, I could throw them in the river, and then um, Sunday I've got to travel down to the new mothership. Uh, so. so it's looking pretty slim for you on this weekend. Yeah, I don't. I don't see how I can do it. Um, I mean, keep me in mind uh, if you. I'll keep. I'll keep watching. I'll send you and, pictures. Yeah, uh, thank you. I'll update you on Twitter. Yeah, rub How's it that in. Feel? Mm. Yeah, it comes Been back. There. To me. Yeah. Karma, baby. Yeah, but uh, hopefully you find something good or find a good spot, and we'll go diving. And then, uh, you know, we've got uh, uh, one location that I, I would certainly love to figure out how we get in this, uh, this time of year. But we've had some cold weather here. We had uh, really strong storms. We had some blowing and drifting. Uh, people in the area were saying how terrible, you know, the, who who weren't from it, uh, down on the toll road, there was a lot of strong snow and, you know, you, the type of time of year where you're traveling five miles an hour. Uh, we had a low of uh, 12 degrees on one day. Yeah, we had some people um, in northwest Indiana that were trapped on the road overnight. Uh, it got that bad. Um, but, you know, one thing that I was thinking about this week is how cool would it be to be in a blizzard, literally in a blizzard, and drop down under the water. Um, doesn't that sound like fun? Is that a little bit whacked out or what? No, because, well, I'm just as whacked out as you are because I, I would love that. I, that'd be great. You know, we need to be cinematographers. Like, you know, like have, zero visibility above the surface and dropping down. Yeah, just drop into down. Into something you can see. Yeah. Well, I mean, who cares how bad it is up there? We know what it's going to be like underwater. Right. Um, it's not going to get any colder than 32. Uh, Max has been there, done that, have the picture to prove it, and I believe him. So, I am. I, I want to do that. We're, we're getting into the ice dive season. I'm yeah, ready. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm ready. I, I just love uh, when we go back and visit some spots where we've got the four or five feet of visibility, and you've got 20, 30, 40 feet of vis. That's great. Uh, then Rich also says he's got some great video shots. So, and I haven't looked at. Uh, we, I got some video turned in by some of the mud club divers, and I need to load that and take a look at it i haven't done it yet just uh, work has been absolutely nuts um and then we're start. we're getting close uh, we have the holidays coming up here uh hopefully everybody has got uh, all their scuba gear and vacations on their wish list 
uh, we'll break in the new year, and then we start all into the dive shows, which, um, you know, I, th- I think we might have to pace it this year. I like to go to the dive shows, but I don't know if I can handle going three weeks without a dive. No, going to the dive shows cuts into the, well, diving. Yeah. So I think they need to have the dive shows. Like, they should set up a dive show on the ice. I mean, how cool would that be? Just set up right. a, big, a big tent, have everybody in the booths on the ice, just cut a hole in the middle, and we'll go right on down. You can just go down, dive. Attend a seminar. Yeah, see, that, that's what we need to do, The uh, an outdoor dive show in January, and the four people crazy enough to go to it. Uh, but I like that idea. Well, hopefully Mac and you and whoever you can get into going this weekend have a good time. Uh, I'm going to definitely be missing it. Yeah, well, you'll be there in spirit. In spirit. I'll be pining away of it. Uh, but I, the temperature difference between what you're feeling and what I'm feeling, I think uh, I'll be in a, a pool, uh, you know, bleachers, which always tend to be about 89 degrees when you yeah, get that many Yeah, with high people, humidity. With high humidity, and then you're going to be in... Uh, the exact opposite. The exact opposite, 30 with uh, no right. humidity. So Until I get in. <clears throat> you get in. So we, we've, uh, with all the fun and stops and starts, I think we put this one uh, to bed. Going to have to try. I mean, this week, I don't know. we got the holiday coming up. So I don't know if we'll get a, an interview before the holiday or not. But uh, plan on being here next Thursday. Uh, head on over to uh, talk show. Oh, one thing I forgot is we did have another review on iTunes. So let's go ahead and head over there and see what they had to say. Uh, it, it seemed to be pretty good. So. It's not about our accents again, is it? No, they didn't talk about the accents or the foghorn. Uh, so. Hey, that got me the other day. Not oh, the, that not the, 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 the horn. I was listening. Yeah, I was. I was going back and critiquing a little bit, and holy smokes, it came up <laughs> out of the blue, and I'm looking around. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. I toned it down a little bit, so let us know if we've we've hit quite the <laughs> the the right volume or not. But uh, yeah, so we appreciate any of the four star reviews. So uh, go ahead and uh, leave them for us. And I'm almost into iTunes. It's like 40 clicks later. And also, if you're in another country, I don't think in the U.S. we see if you've been leaving us uh, reviews on a Japanese site or a Finnish site or. German site, we're probably don't able to see those. So if you could take a screenshot of those and send them to us, we'd ab- we'd absolutely love to uh, to see them. But the most recent uh, review, oh, page two. That's uh, nice that we have uh, two pages of them. Uh, thanks to Diver Down for writing it. it. Says I began listening to Scuba Obsessed weekly podcast about a month ago and have really enjoyed each episode. These are real divers talking about real diving Midwest style. The show is enjoyable because I can relate in experience and have similar diving conditions in our local lakes. Darren and Jim always talk about current news in the scuba industry and bring guest speakers on to add to the content. Mac and Rich are always good to have in the show as well as numerous special guests who have joined. The guys are down to earth, your average everyday divers just like to talk about scuba, my kind of crowd. Take the time to check these guys out. Be forewarned of Darren's bad scuba joke of the week and the tug horn sound uh, bite to the announce a news section of the podcast. So <laughs> uh, maybe um, do, do we need to uh, maybe maybe we should have uh, a little vote or something on what the sound should be for the for the news if the tugboat. So um, hmm. <laughs> 
<laughs> but thanks for the kind words. Thanks for the five-star reviews. We love to see those. Uh, also, head on over to Facebook. We've had some discussions going on over there. Uh, also, if you have uh, anything you'd like to submit, you can go ahead and send it to us at the show at scubaobsessed.com, and that will make it to both Jim and I, and we'll we'll take a look at it. Whew. So that's it. Uh, and I and I think we're getting back to that time of the week. It is. That is where we are at. Yeah, and and I think I'm going to call this the best part of the show. This is actually the part everybody has been waiting for. What, for it to be over? That too. Oh. Okay, so thanks for everybody in the chat room. Thanks for all the fans. Keep on downloading and subscribing. And here we go. And married couple had finished up wreck dive when they started to motor they started the motor to return ashore. Some leaking fuel exploded and the woman's face was severely burned. In great pain the woman was taken to a hospital. The doctor told her husband that they couldn't graft any skin from her body because she was just too skinny. So the husband offered to donate some of his own skin. However, the only skin in his body that the doctor felt that was suitable would have to come from his buttocks. The husband and wife agreed they would tell no one about where the skin came from and requested the doctor to honor their secret. After all, it's a very delicate matter. After the surgery was complete, everyone was astounded at the woman's new beauty. She looked more beautiful than she ever had before. All her friends and relatives just went on and on about her youthful beauty. Finally, as she was last sitting in the boat again alone with her husband, she was overcome with emotion at the thought of his unselfish sacrifice. She said, Dear, I just want to thank you for everything you did for me. There's no way I could ever repay you. And then he says, My darling, I get all the thanks I need every time I see your mother kiss you on the cheek. I thought that was funnier than that. Oh, well. It really wasn't. (laughs) (sighs) Okay. So, on that note... (laughs) Oh, wait, wait. Before we go, if you happen to live and survive through that, uh, I I was coming up with with something that we might do. uh, But we'll start this in Season 2. And I thought what we'll do is we'll end the show after the bad scuba joke. But anybody in the chat room will turn off. Uh, will will turn on uh, audio, and if you want to talk, and we'll have a little divers roundtable because that's a, kind of the original premise of the show was just to have a bunch of divers sitting there talking around. So if you want to go and share your dive stories with us, uh, we'll we'll put them all together and put them on the end of the show and uh, add them to the podcast. Or even if you don't want to sit around for the show and you want to send us your story in audio form go ahead make us an mp3 file uh hopefully you know of decent quality and send it to us attach it to your email to the the show at scoob obsessed absolutely so on that note go out there and get wet and above all else dive safe every time i see your mother kiss you the cheek (laughs) (laughs) 